how's it going, y'all? Welcome to 25% No Ice. My name is Megan, and I'm here to share my life with you 30 minutes at a time. We're gonna talk all about college life, growing up, and everything in between. So sit back, get your favorite bobas, and let's spill some tea. What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of 25% No Ice. As part of the formal education system, the path up to secondary school education in Singapore is more or less fixed. You know, six years of primary school education and followed by four to five years of secondary school. It is only after secondary school, which is what most people know as middle school or grade 7 to 9, that the path diverges. And most 17 to 18-year-old students in Singapore choose to go into one of the three types of educational institutions a JC or junior college, a polytechnic, or an ITE. In the next few episodes, we will be doing a mini-series on post-secondary education in Singapore. And today, we have Samuel, a JC student who will be sharing his experience on O-levels, A-levels, and his plans for the future. So without further ado, hi Samuel! Alright, hi everyone. My name is Samuel. I'm 19 years old this year and I'm studying in ACJC. So Samuel here, or Sam as I would usually call him, is an Indonesian who moved to Singapore when he was 15 because he landed a scholarship that was awarded by ASEAN. But I'll stop for now and let him introduce himself. So Sam, can you tell us a brief introduction and what you are currently doing in Singapore? Okay, so as I've said just now, I'm a JC student and I'll be taking my A-levels in two months. And for the future plans, I think if I get a good score, I'll be continuing my study to study here in Singapore for university, yeah. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about what A-level is? Because I think a lot of our viewers may not be as familiar to the term A-level and how is that different from a normal high school as what you would consider high school overseas, like for example, grade 7, 8, 9 and other route that you can possibly take in Singapore, like for example, diploma and ITE and etc. Yep, so A-level, it's the most... um famous route for Singaporeans for their tertiary education. So A-level is a three years program. Like most of the Singaporean students here would go to JC after they, they finish their secondary education. Other options would be like going to polytechnic or ITE. So the difference, the main difference would be, I think A-level is more content-based compared to polytechnic and ITE. And yeah, polytechnic and ITE would be more hands-on. They're, they're like, for example, I think I know they, they have like this module where they really need to finish their internship. Like those internship counted as the overall grade for their assessment. Yeah, so overall, I think uh, A-level would be more content-based, but Polytechnic and ITE would, be, would give you like more practical lessons. Basically, JC is a two to three years program. And okay, that's interesting. Why do you take a level actually like um like you mentioned that for diploma you can have a more hands-on experience if you go to like for example polytechnic but why did you go to a level instead did you prefer it that way um because i feel like a lot of people would think a hands-on experience is more important so yeah can you explain a little bit about that okay so for me right i don't really have a choice because as you know i'm I'm here on a scholarship and the scholarship is only giving me the A-level course. So, 
yeah, there's no actual choice for me. But luckily, I'm also like more inclined towards this kind of curriculum uh, compared to Polytechnic and IT. I mean, if you ask me, right, both courses also got its own merits. Uh, honestly speaking, I think it's easier to get into university if you take A-level rather than Polytechnic and ITE. But then, uh, I'm not saying it's there's no chance for Poly and ITE students, but uh, it's very few Polytechnic and ITE students who go to university. But then, on the other hand, they they also have like more work experience, which will appeal to their employers. Uh. Yeah, so from what I know, I think for diploma students, you would have to take an internship as part of your module. Um, I think on the last year, which is uh, the third year, because diploma takes about three years, and I'm, I'm not so sure about ITE, but we will have more discussion on that in the future episode. But for now, if you could have chosen which course you would want to take for example you are not on scholarship and you have the ability to choose would you still choose a levels i haven't really thought about it but um as i say just now like each course has got its own merits right but maybe i think i will still choose a levels because um perhaps it's more familiar for me like when i was back home at indonesia right it's more relatable to a level like it's more of content-based, right? Rather than if you go to Polytechnic or any other courses which which has like hands-on module, it will require you to be more more adventurous and more daring in, in your daily life basis. Huh? Like for example, you will need to go to some companies to do internships and perhaps you'll like meet new people in the workforce, which is maybe can be somewhat... Um, scary <laughs> for teenagers like us yeah okay so for our listeners who may not understand this part um basically in the in few years back actually it's not a few years back it's some time ago like i would say around 2005 ish most people would believe that you know if you're smart you would go to a level if you're not competent enough you would go to diploma but i think recently um, that has changed a lot because a lot of people are going for diploma instead instead of A-level because I think from what I heard from my friends at least A-levels are very stressful. Um, Can you explain to us a little bit about why is it considered stressful and how is the A-level conducted? Like is it exam-based? How is that maybe similar to O-levels if you know that? So A level is definitely stressful, at least for most of us, I guess. So why is it stressful? Because as I've said earlier, it's a two years program, and by the end of the second year, you will need to take A level, which I am taking in two months from now. I think in Singapore, right, they they are very concerned about the grades and all. So you you just really need to work very hard to get a good grades for your A level, and this will really determine your like most people say this will really determine your whole life, ah, because. If you get a good grades, right, you'll get into good unis, then you will get into good courses and stuff. Of course, it will not like it will not confirm whether you'll be successful person or what, but it's a very important thing in your life. And um, basically, right, for me in JC, every three months there will be a test, like a normal class test, and then every six months there will be a major test. The major test, yeah, it covers all subjects. Uh. Most of JC students will be taking six subjects and they are very heavy in content, I guess. Yeah, so <laughs> it's normal for JC students to mark every single day. Like when they hang out, right, they just eat for one hour, then 
the next hours they will be like studying together with their friends. It's very normal for JC students, yeah. If that's the case, then I would like to know how do you manage the stress and how do you balance between, you know, your social life and your school? Because I think it's very demanding. I feel like I'm the counselor in my school now. So, uh, like what my counselors say in school, right? They always say something like, you need to study with friends, that's for sure. Like, you cannot just be a lone wolf and keep studying by yourself. You, you always need some people to just uh, keep checking on you for all your works. Uh. You also need to... Maybe you can be active in your CCA, like your extracurricular activity. For me, it's a choir. Then I have like some comedy in the boarding school also, which also helps me to like just wind down and get my thoughts off study for a while. It really helps because you cannot be burned out in the middle of an exam, which is which will be fatal, of course. All right, but would you consider hanging out with? like your CCA friends and doing all these activities as winding down because when I think about you know relaxing I would think about going somewhere to like a cafe or like um, hanging out with friends to I don't know Marina Bay or something Um, yeah how is that working for you? (laughs) CCA years are very important right and honestly if you ask some JC students right I think they will agree with me when I say that CCAs are places where you can connect with new people and you you get to forge like stronger bonds with a lot of people because it's not just about the CCA itself but let's say after I finish my choir practice right I will hang out with all my friends and that's the time when I get to know a lot more people and I also can relate with them with like school stuff then maybe we can try to study together and stuff okay that kind of sounds a little bit nerdy, but I get where you're coming from because for me personally, I also have quite a packed schedule and I think that, you know, I don't spend a lot of time going out with friends and roaming around somewhere without any purpose. Instead, I would be spending my time at my CCA as well because you'll be around with people that are passionate about what you are passionate about. And I think that whole environment is just a lot better and it feels like you are hanging out with your friends and chilling around, but at the same time, you're being productive as well. Um, yeah, so that I think that's really good. Okay, um, and you mentioned that most JC students take about six subjects. Can I know what subjects are you taking and why do you choose them? Okay, so I am taking the most general subject combinations in the whole Singapore. <laughs> like, I would say... of all students will be taking the same subject as me, which is H2 Physics, Chemistry and Math and H1 Econs. Yeah, so for you who don't know what's H1 and H2, right? Basically, H2 is a more advanced module, while H1 would be an easier one. And all of this would account into how you calculate your rank point, which is how you determine your overall score for A-level my H1 subject would would be accounted less compared to my H2 subject. Other than those four, there are the two compulsory subjects, which are GP, general paper, which is like English. And then we also have project work. Project work is basically you need to do some project and you need to make some changes in the society, something like that. Oh, okay. Um, Can you give us like some examples to elaborate a little bit more about H1 and H2? Because I think to someone who have never heard of the terms or is not familiar with it would be confused and I am included. Okay, so what I meant was, um, okay, let's, let's give an example. If I'm, I'm taking H1 Econs, right? So 
if I get, let's say B for econs, then the equivalent score would be uh, 8.75. Whereas if I take each two econs, the B would be equal to 17.5. So in a sense, it would be getting a worse score in H1, it would be better compared if you got a bad score in your H2 subjects. Yeah, but all in all, you still need to <laughs> work for your H1 subjects as well. Oh, okay. I think that's a pretty good short explanation because personally, when I came to Singapore, I had no idea how the scoring system works because in, in Indonesia or at least um, in Canada when I was studying there, it was, you know, you get percentage and that's it. You don't um, calculate things differently. Every subject would pretty much have the same worth and the same average score as well. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good elaboration, I guess, on JC. Now, I would like to ask, why are you taking your current CCAs and what made you want to do it? Are you passionate about it? Like you mentioned that you are in choir. Do you actually really like to sing and stuff like that? Yep. <laughs> so I, I actually like singing and I do some covers when I'm bored in my Instagram and stuff. And I feel it's really helpful throughout my JC years, which is ending really soon. Like whenever I'm really tired and burned out of study in school, I would just come for my CCA, which is for y'all who are not Singaporeans, CCAs in Singapore are quite intense, at least compared to CCAs in Indonesia when I was back home. It's really intense to the point where it's... Okay, for choir, right, it's two times per week and one one session would be, let's say, three hours. Then it's only like our normal schedule. If there are competition, right, it can be like even four days a week. Yeah, it's damn intense. But in the end, I didn't really regret going to like taking choir because it really gives me a chance for me to just stop thinking about studying and I can just do what I like. Like, I just like singing and... I can meet with a lot of friends who have who share the same passion as me. Maybe I can share one more thing about the other CCA which I am also committed, which is JCRC. It's a committee in the boarding school. You can say it's like the student council in the boarding school. I am actually the president for this committee. And I am very, like, every time I go back to boarding school, right, it's the only thing that I keep thinking about. Because, yeah, since I'm the president, I need to, like, just oversee everything, right? And... Actually, it's very helping me in all my JC years. Uh. Like, even though it's quite stressful, it's quite demanding, but it gives me something that's not studying, <laughs> which is, I believe everyone needs. So your, your whole life is not just about studying, you know? Like, you can get to explore yourself, try to interact with more people outside studying. I think for me personally, I also do something like that. So, like, for example, in my school, I'm involved in the... Um, singing club and then I was also in basketball club and I was in different like quite a lot of clubs at first I mean at some point it got very overwhelming and I realized I got myself into too much trouble <laughs> um, for being in a lot of clubs but I think it is another way to build connections to hang out with people outside of your classes and you know just get to know one another and I mean personally through joining clubs clubs and CCAs they're pretty much the same um i think i also met a lot of like seniors to ask for advice and you know just 
get as much as experience as possible during your school days because you know you get to only experience it once um okay now i want to ask like do you know what are the expectations about an a-level student that the society have because i think in general um at least from my singaporean friends they feel quite pressured you know being in jc um compared to people in diploma for example I think the society would see a typical JC student would be carrying books everywhere. I even carried books eh, when I came here in the MRT. Yeah, I was carrying books also. But for me, it's just to make me feel safer. Because if someone sees me like, oh, you're hanging around, but you're not studying, then it would really give me like a bad impression to others. But yeah, um, but it's not wrong though. Because like, as I have said, right, the demand is very high in JC and you really need to uh, score consistently well. As in, you need to put in work consistently because you cannot just chong everything at the very end and it will be very stressful for you. Uh. So you always need to keep studying, I guess. Which is may sound very stressful, but you know, when you are consistent, right, you don't feel it that much. And when you are doing it with your friends in school, it really just feel like a journey, you know? It's not s- so much of a chore. Okay, okay. I think personally when I think about, you know, why people would want to go to JC is because at least for the local students, um, their secondary school itself is already quite intensive and it's a little bit similar to JC as well. So if I grew up in the Singapore um, education system from, you know, from kindergarten to primary school to secondary school to um, JC, I think I might take that course as well because you're already used to the whole intense pressure and intense, you know, curriculum. So if it brings you somewhere uh, thus far, why not continue with the same thing, right? With something that you're familiar with instead of uh, maybe going to a diploma that is more outside of your comfort zone. And I think personally, when I think about JC students, sometimes I hear people saying that, oh, I go to JC because I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life and I don't know what major to take because if you go to a diploma, you have to declare um, a major already or not really a major, more like what are you um, specializing in. But for JC, you mostly study core subjects that are probably similar to your secondary school subjects, like maybe during O-levels as well. So yeah, what do you think about that? I think that's totally true. But if you think about it, right, I think most of high school all around the world, in their senior high school, they wouldn't be like choosing any, uh, you know, like what you say, just no specialization, right? Okay, let's say in Indonesia, right? In senior high school, you would just need to choose science stream and what's the other stream? <laughs> um, arts? Okay, I'm not sure, yeah. Social studies. Oh, yeah. The social studies stream. They just choose between those two streams, right? But it's still very broad, right? Like, even if you choose whichever stream, you can still go to a lot of different courses in universities. But then, in, if you go to diploma like you are doing now, it's like you need to choose very early and maybe some students would be quite scared to make those important choices. Yeah, I think it will be safer to go JC because you can try to decide much later in your life. Okay, and I want to add on about like, <laughs> I think like this whole uh, talk, right? I've been saying bad stuff about JC, right? But let me just say this now, like personally, I feel JC is a better choice for me and it is a safer choice for those who, who are not sure about what they want to do in life, like what she said just now, which is, I think it's totally fine. Like you can try to explore first, 
when you're studying, like when you're taking the subjects in JC, right, you can choose what subjects you are taking and maybe from there you can try to explore which subjects you are comfortable and you are interested in so that when you go to university and you choose your course, you can make an informed choice. Mm, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that because if you don't go to JC, that means right after all levels, you would have to decide which course you are going to continue if you are say going um, to pursue diploma so uh, for those of you who have no idea what O levels is basically O level is like the secondary school in Singapore or uh, the the standard I guess high school um, level would be like grade 10 which is um, the first year of high school or freshman it, that is the year that you'll have to take your um, o levels and then you wait for a result and the same thing with o levels it's a uh, it's an examination from uh, the uk so if you guys are familiar with the uh, british system it would be more or less the same as the one in singapore because you know singapore was colonized by um, england so i think up till now we still practice more or less uh, similar stuff that are practiced in the UK itself. Okay, but enough of those boring stuff. <laughs> I think we can move on to like, um, do you have any stories that you can probably share to our listeners about, you know, um, the JC life and maybe funny stories of your friends and your experience there overall? Okay, I can share one thing. Okay, I think in all schools, there must be, in the canteen, right, there must be at least one or two Malay stall for the Malay people who are Muslim so that their food are halal. Yeah, so one of the stall in ACJC, it's called Makan Bagus. And the uncle was actually Indonesian. Like, he was an Indonesian and he converted into Singaporean, I think. Yeah, so I talked to him and I got close to him, right? Because I've been talking to him a lot. Then he, he always give me discount every, sing every single time I eat. Then one day, my classmates knew about it. Then they are quite angry at me because me and my friend ordered the same exact thing. But then I got like 50 cents cheaper. Yeah, then my classmates started hating me because I always get cheaper food from him. But <laughs> yeah, I don't care because the food is really nice. <laughs> okay. Um, but doesn't your school have, I don't know, maybe a student discount or something? Because for my school in SIM... Um, we have the market price of all of our food, but even on the menu itself, it would be written like there is the public price and then there is the student price. So do you have that in your school? Yeah, so the reason that SIM got the market price and the student price, right? Because the, their canteen is open for public, whereas my school, right? The canteen is only for students there. So the price listed there is already for student price because no one else can come to my school just for just to eat the food even though it's very good <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, do you consider um your school food to be maybe i don't know cheaper than food outside and is it better does it taste better because in my school oh my gosh if you have not tried the mala it's super good and it's so affordable it's like you can have five people eating it and it'll be like 20 dollars max <laughs> um I think it's yeah, it's it's quite cheap compared to food outside. Okay, let's say there is this Maggi goreng, right? It costs me I think around two dollar, which is quite cheap, right? Like wait wait. Okay, so for you guys who doesn't know what Maggi goreng is, it's basically instant noodle but you fried it. But uh Maggi I think Maggi is a brand here, right? And yeah. that's why they call it Maggi goreng. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, it's equivalent to Indomie in Indonesia. It's the same thing, uh, but yeah, I think two dollar would be quite cheap. And they add something like meat and <laughs> okay, I'm going very detailed here, but so all in all, it's very cheap, and I think it's decent. Eh? like the food and schools are okay, and I enjoy eating there. <laughs> okay, um, as you can probably tell, we're pretty passionate about our food because you know we're students and we want to stay on budget, but we also want good food. And if you guys don't really know Indonesians, I think the majority uh, Indonesian people are you know we just love food, we love to eat. <laughs> um, and okay, speaking of you know being Indonesian and liking eating, um, when you move to Singapore, do you feel um? Any difference? Like, uh, do you do you get homesick? Do you miss Indonesia? Do you miss the food there and etc. Yeah, so I totally felt it when I first came here, and the biggest thing would be my parents, my family. Like, <laughs> cause I was quite close with my family, right? Then when I left them, it kind of hit me quite hard that I should have like appreciated them better, you know? Like I shouldn't have taken them for granted. But after being here for four years, I have <laughs> juggled that quite well. Like. I always maintain my relationship with my family. I keep calling them once if, once a week and I think it's okay for now. Then if you're talking about food, right? Yeah, I would say, sorry to say, right? But I think Singapore food has less taste. But perhaps it's for the better because they don't use like those MSG and stuff, I guess. But yeah, I definitely feel like Indonesian food are so much, you know, got more spices and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think the food in Singapore... Like, if you go to restaurants... Okay, let's not talk about restaurants. Let's talk about, like, those food court sort of food. Uh, the, I think the government here is quite concerned about it. So, they pay attention to make sure that the food does not cause a lot of harm. And it'll be just as good as, you know, cooking at home. Because I think the society in Singapore is that they don't really cook at home. Um, and they would just eat out. And, yeah, I do agree. <laughs> the food in Indonesia, it's a lot tastier. Um, because we use a lot of MSG. <laughs> the like, if you go to Indonesia, um, the street food they are usually the best. Um, like for example, the nasi goreng, which is like Ooh. fried rice. <laughs> um, we have no idea what they cook in in with. The craziest thing that I've heard is that they use like some sort of glue or something to cook <laughs> it together. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I want to ask, um, how is the international students' service is like in your school? And do you feel like Singapore cares about the international students? And uh, is there a lot of international students in your school? I think they really care about us. Like when I first came here, right, we always have this, I think it's a termly meeting with MOE itself. Like they always come to my boarding school and just check up on me like how we are all doing as scholars here how do we adjust to the new environment and stuff and in school itself there is like a, I think like two or three teachers who are assigned to be in charge for the international students like me <laughs> okay that that's nice so for you guys who don't know what MOE is MOE stands for Ministry of Education um, it's uh, the one in Singapore and I'm quite surprised that they check on you often but it makes sense though because you're on scholarship so they need to you know sort of check on their investment once in a while <laughs> i think this is where you and i are different because i'm not under moe as i took the private institution route so the care that i am given by my school is 
decent, but in Singapore itself, not so much. Again, I think I'm not a good judge of this either because I might be biased since I came from Canada before moving to Singapore, and we all know that Canada is known for their generosity and amazing care for international students. You know, they welcome foreigners a lot. In Singapore, there is a certain discrimination as well between the private school kids and the public school. But we'll talk more about that in the future episodes. But anyhow, um, can you tell us what do you do when the MOE representatives visit you, and how do they check on you? Yeah, so basically, it's just like oh, whenever they come to our school, right? It's just like a sharing session. Then they just try to talk to us and try to connect with us, and we just like started talking about how stressful school is and stuff. Then they will just try to comfort us. They're they're very nice people. Yeah, so. It's a termly meeting. Every every three months, they would come to either to my school or to the boarding school, and we would just try to share, uh, just to share our lives with them. And they will do a little bit of admin stuff. For example, like since I'm in a scholarship, I need to maintain a certain score to be able to keep this scholarship, right? And they will just try to remind us. That's good. That's good. For my school, we have psych department that we students can access anytime for counseling and etc. But we don't have a specific department that mainly focuses on international students. So that's quite interesting to hear it from your side. And as we're coming to an end, do you have anything you'd like to add on, like for example,、um, advice for other international students in Singapore, or maybe those who are trying to land a scholarship too? And what do you think are the pros and cons of taking the JC pathway in general? So for the pros and cons for JC, I think、uh, the pros will definitely be it's a very safe choice for you if you're studying in Singapore, and it's and I would say it's a very good education, ah,、uh, like it's. Very well regarded in the world, and it will be easy for you to get into like good universities. But the cons is, yeah, you need to bear the rigor of the education, and it's it can be quite stressful at times. Then advice for people who wanted to study here, right? Maybe you're like international student who wanted to come to Singapore to study like me. You guys can just try to research on your own first. Try to look up on the internet about. What's actually happening in Singapore, and whether you like it or not, like you really need to come to a point where you guys can actually relate and feel that you'll be comfortable studying here. Because in the end, even though we all know education in Singapore is very good and stuff, but if you don't really enjoy it and you don't think it's for you, then it will be very tiring stuff, and I don't think it will suit you and benefit you in the long run. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Just because Singapore is known for their fantastic education system doesn't mean that it'll suit every individual. All right, before we end, we have this little game called Question in a Minute. So I'll ask you various random questions, and we'll see how many can you answer in a minute. Ready? All right. Okay, then in that case, then we'll start in three, two, one. What is your favorite study location? At the park. Favorite subject? Um, uh, math. <laughs> Pulling an all-nighter or prepare in advance. All-nighter. Coffee or tea. Coffee. Marvel or DC. Um, Iron Man is what. <laughs> Marvel, Marvel.、Oh, okay. Um. Okay. Then, what is your favorite Marvel character? I'm guessing Iron Man. Yes. Um.、Uh, what is the most annoying trait of your roommate? <laughs> what if he hears this? No. Um. Okay. He sleeps a lot, so I cannot talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> What is your spirit animal? 
Spirit animal. Uh, panda. What is your childhood ambition? To become the president. <laughs> what is your favorite country to live in? Canada. Favorite late night snack? Uh, Pringles. Bubble tea or soda? Bubble tea. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. All right, I think you're done. Um, that's thirteen questions in one minute. Good job. Um, okay. Before you go, do you want to say anything else to our listeners? Um, maybe last words. Um, <laughs> I think I'm just wanna encourage everyone, whether you're studying or working or anything. Just I think it's a very hard time for us now. Uh, during this COVID season, right? Just try to keep doing your best and. Uh, try to connect with your families while you are at the lockdown. All right, and lastly, would you like to share where our listeners can find you? Maybe on Instagram. Yeah. All right. It's at Samuel O S C. All right then. Thank you so much, Sam, for coming. We haven't seen each other for a long time, so yeah, it's great to catch up again. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe if you'd love to spend some quality boba time with me. And you can find 25% No Eyes on Spotify and Google Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can email us at 25sugar0eyes, that's 25 and 0 in numerical form. And feel free to reach us via email if you'd love to be a guest on our podcast or if you know someone that would love to be here. Lastly, follow me on Instagram at Megan Bahar and I'll write that down at the description box. This podcast is produced by Megan Bahar and co-produced and edited by Everest. See you on the next episode.